Good afternoon. Good afternoon, sir. How are you doing today? All right, and you? Uh, slightly under the weather, but uh, hanging in there. Okay. I'll have to get better soon. Thank you. Thank you. You still up to do it today, or you want to? Absolutely. Done? No, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm good to go. Okay. Well, I'm gonna play the theme song, then we will get to. It. All right. Here we go. Welcome to another episode of Middle Ground with JLE, LLC, where we treat you like family. That is the theme song, Detroit Love, from my first album, The JLE Experience. Have another great guest for you today. We have Howard Wolpoof, if I said it correctly. Wolpoof. Wolpoof. My apologies, I'm saying it wrong. That's okay. NBA. Chief Marketing Strategist for Profit Master Business Solutions and the podcaster himself. Welcome to the show, sir. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you for doing it. Ask you a few questions about yourself, but first, tell the audience a little bit about you. Sure. Uh, I am, uh, again, my name is Howard Walpuff. I'm a profit acceleration coach, and I work with small business owners who've been working for too long and too hard, who've not had seen the results in their business that they've, with all the effort they've put into it. And given 45 minutes of their time, I can triple their leads, double their sales, and find over $100,000 or more in their business without them spending additional dollar marketing or advertising. I've been in the marketing industry for over 25 years in sports marketing, local and national radio, working and running uh, advertising agencies. And uh, I just enjoy seeing people hit the levels and uh, hit their goals that they've always dreamed about. So first question, what led you on this path? At some point in college, I finally figured out that marketing <laughs> was my direction. Uh, I was a political science major. I really wasn't sure I wanted to do that and or go to law school. And I still remember where I was sitting when I decided I should have changed my major at that point to communications. But I didn't. But I've been doing a lot of different events and marketing the events on campus, and they had done very well. And then in uh, once I graduated in the real world, I finally realized my angle towards sports, and I started to do a lot of volunteer work to fill my resume with the right opportunities in sports marketing with the National Hockey League, with the NBA, with the, the World Cup soccer tournament that was in the United States that that, that one of those years and awesome. worked it up to being able to work for one of the uh, the great establishments in New York City as they were constructing at Chelsea Piers, big sports entertainment complex, and uh, helped launch a minor league baseball team, the Brooklyn Cyclones, and handle their marketing and promotions, and um, have done a number of other things where I've helped really companies get their message out in utilizing different means, whether it's sports marketing or national yeah. local radio or through uh, through really creating the right campaigns to, as, the, as their uh, advertising agency. So 
from your wealth of experience, what's the one basic thing companies make a mistake at in trying to market themselves? <clears throat> the let's go with the biggest mistake because um, unfortunately there are and there's more than just one mistake that companies do make. But the biggest mistake is most people go into business without having the training to be a business owner, and a lot of that's because. You don't get that in college. Uh, you are mm -hmm. trained in college to become an employee in different ways. There are some schools that do have business programs that can teach you that level of entrepreneurship and small business ownership. But most people jump in and there's a lot of issues that are not addressed at the beginning that kind of fall into their lap in different ways and different times as the, the business evolves. And that's where they hit some challenges and roadblocks and and you have to be able to ask the right questions to people that are able to answer the questions for you to keep you moving forward. Okay. One thing I'm noticing since I'm this, you definitely are working even when and it's a good thing if you are, cause that means If you're doing that balance and you're trying to launch something while you're working, it definitely is a, it, it's a long day and it can be very long days until you're ready to make that full jump to, uh, to your business full time. Okay. That is true. So what is Profit Master's Business Solutions? Profit Master Business Solutions is the opportunity to help small business owners. And I formed that a couple of years ago um, after working at a, uh, an agency here in Florida and finding that we had a really great lead generation concept and brought a lot of businesses into the building, but they, the smaller businesses couldn't afford the buy-in to start working with the agency. Uh, it was a whole process that, uh, that we were working with at the time and it did not work for small business owners. So uh, launching out and finding the people that had questions, had needs, had issues, and being able to help them solve those problems really is um, vital to the country and, and the economy. Uh, over 50% of businesses that launch today will not make it to their fifth year. And that's an average that goes, goes back years to years. Obviously, during COVID, a lot mm -hmm. of businesses have closed and have not been able to understand how to market their business in this environment with, uh, with, with lockdowns and mask situations and people being uncomfortable walking into places of business. So it's, there are so many questions that need to be answered. And it's, uh, it's, I see it as my, my role to help the businesses continue to make money and to increase their revenues year in, year out. So if you can, what would be three, three, I guess, basic questions that a company, I'm about to start a piece of company, for example, needs okay. to be asked? Um, <laughs> with pizza, I guess the first question is, do you need pineapple or not? Um, <laughs> okay. But that's a whole different question. Um, it, there are, you, you, you have to have an understanding of what you're doing. Do you have the funding to start the business? Where is that funding coming from? And that's a broad question with a lot of different answers. Uh, if you have partners, 
then you're losing some of the decision-making process. If you have investors, then you're paying them every month uh, interest and to pay off what, uh, uh, what they've taken out a loan is interest. Investors, you're paying them certain uh, dividends as well. Uh, if you have your own money, you have to see how long that's going to last you as, as part of the, the, the startup costs. Um, that's a primary decision that needs to be made. Another one, which seems very simple, but really is not, is what's the name of your business? And how are you coming up with the name of your business? Is it going to catch people's attention? Is it available as a website? So you don't have to do hyphens and, and, and dot codes. And <laughs> it might confuse people. Now, granted, anyone can click a link and it doesn't matter, but you still need that address to, to be smooth so that people will type it in and look for you. But that, that all goes into the decision-making of what your name is going to be. Um, also, you need to understand the structure of the business. Is, is, is it, it going to be an LLC? Is, is it going to be other different types of structures that are going to protect you as time goes on? These are a lot of the decisions that people need to make before starting their business. Um, I think even more so, if the, if the pizza place is a, we'll call it a neighborhood pizza place, you're, you're picking a, a, a brick and mortar location to open a, a pizza shop, you need to look around and make sure that that's the right place to put a pizza shop. Is there traffic? Is there enough people coming there on during lunch to uh, to support you during the day? What kind of delivery issues might there be as you expand out? Because if you're not doing your own delivery, you're really going to get eaten up in the costs by the, uh, the the food delivery services that are out there. They make a fortune on taking money away from the small business owners. So this is just a starting point of the kind of questions that people need to know and understand before launching their business. Man, you're a Jedi. I'm sitting here like he, he giving dropping knowledge. Like, wow. So I see why a lot of companies don't go far because probably don't think about none of this stuff. If you don't have enough funds to keep yourself going, and then for example, you don't have the credits to to put more money into the business, you're gonna hit a dead stop fairly quickly. Um, and this, this is part of the challenges that these businesses have. It's a lot of decisions. And sometimes you really do need to make that investment in the guidance and someone to help you get through this so that they, uh, so that people are going to make sure that you are, uh, that, that, that the, the, all the effort and passion and dedication you have to starting a business is all going to, uh, to, to pay off in the, in the end. Okay. Now, from your years of experience, companies that have made it to the six-year mark, what are some things they've done that got them over the hump? Some of them have, some of it is luck. It really is. If you find the right, you find the right industry in the right location and things can just happen, you can, you can make a lot of revenue and sometimes money does solve problems. Mm -hmm. um, lack of money does cause problems. Uh, a lot of them ask for help and really investing in themselves and the guidance of a business coach to coach them through different parts of the, uh, the, the, the process of the business. And they probably have uh, the rights balance of messaging online. That's the website and social media, because the key thing about your website is it can't be a me website. You can't spend all the time talking about, I'm the greatest plumber and all the <laughs> things that I do and look at the skills I have that I'm going to, I, I, I look at all these pictures of me 
bent under the sink uh, fixing the the, the 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 pipes it's a it's a you website talking about what problems that the person that is clicking on your website has for for you to solve because everyone has two issues going on in their head within the decision making process there's a problem they have they don't want and a result they want that they don't have so for for example with pizza there's a problem i have i don't want i'm hungry and i need to find a, a place to eat and i want pizza and, and where is it and and, and, the, and the result that they they want they don't have is they need to address how to get that pizza into their hands into their 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 uh possession and, and eventually into their mouths so you need to be able to facilitate that on your website some some do it differently than others sometimes it's, you're, you're really putting in a situation where you're collecting data in the process of uh, email addresses and giving a, a offer that people can't refuse to trade for that information. So now you can market to them separately. Um, but there's there's all there's alternate ways to do that to make sure that you have a communication uh, policy and a procedure that you are always in in, uh, in in strong communication with your prospects and and customers. Now. In the age of social media, it's still a good thing to get a website. Absolutely, anyone that says you can't don't have need a website is absolutely wrong, because people are going to search. People are searching all the time, and if, if they can't find information on you or about you, they're going to go find it with the next person. Um, the thing that has changed over the last few years is the Facebook page, where it's important to have one. It's important to put things on there so it shows that you haven't ignored it but people aren't going to to, to uh facebook pages that much and liking uh unless you're spending time boosting those to show up in people's uh feeds okay uh, it's not an interest that people have it's it, it was with a limited time on uh on platforms but a website is is incredibly important and in this day and age when people aren't walking into businesses it has to have some level of e-commerce so that you can draw revenue from the website. Mm. Now, would you, in your opinion of 20 plus years, would LinkedIn be a start for someone starting a piece of company to create a page there first? LinkedIn is a great networking and communications tool. It's not mm -hmm. always the best sales tool. People aren't going to LinkedIn company pages to get information they might do it as backup information if they're trying to check out who the person is. The most important thing about a LinkedIn page for a business is that there's a logo on there. So then people then say, I work for John Doe Plumbing, and I use plumbing as an example all the time. And okay. Then they go to someone's uh, page, there's a, there's a logo instead of that gray box of the here's where I'm working and here's a logo to it. Um, there are tactics LinkedIn that do work very well. There are tactics on LinkedIn that are quite harassing, um, where really the skilled people have a five-step process in communicating with, uh, with possible prospects on LinkedIn. The non-skilled people, as soon as someone said yes to their invite, start to sell them. And like I had a guy reach out to me because I didn't respond a week ago, pushing to see the, what I was doing and looking towards what my next steps might be. He's, uh, he's obviously a fitness trainer trying to teach business people about being fit instead of sitting in their chairs. Okay. I have a fitness program. I don't need a fitness program. I don't need his services. All he's been doing is selling me. So I, I had to cut him off pretty quickly yesterday to just to, I didn't, I didn't 
knock him for for selling, but I but I said I'm I'm I have a plan. I'm I'm uh, this is what mm-hmm. I'm doing. I'm more than happy with what I'm doing. Okay, and now also you have the small business retirement sh- strategy. Hi, how does that work? Well, the goal really is that I want to build businesses so that I that I'm not just their marketing strategist. I am their retirement strategist. So people build businesses and do a few things with them. They will sell the business. They Mm -hmm. will uh, pass it on to someone else in the family becomes a family business. So, but all the the while they're, they're, they're um, growing revenues and taking, uh, we'll call the salary at the moment just to to, to clarify that's it. They're, they're bringing in money on a regular basis, putting it away for their future so that they can retire at some point want your business running on all cylinders and generating revenue so you're able to do that at the time you want to do that okay man you you giving like a finance business type class you're an awesome guy brother <laughs> i'm sitting like i have never heard that before okay and you're also a podcaster i am uh, I've been doing podcasting for the last few years. Um, I came up with a concept where I interviewed 30 marketing experts from around the world, and I called okay. 30 Days of Marketing Mavens, and I put up a website, and I was dropping a video every day into the website, and the oh, goal wow. was to get the, the the people who were my guests to also promote the fact that they were day three in their, their, their podcast, their video podcast was up. We did it on Zoom. We were talking to each other. Uh, The mistake I made with that was that I launched it. I was delayed in finishing up. I started recording in January of of 2020. Mm -hmm. I launched it on March 1st of 2020. So by the middle of March, when everything kind of broke loose with COVID and lockdown started and no one had any... My podcast was not on anyone's radar at that point. However... I have taken it and put it and then taken the sound uh, clips and put it out there on Apple and then all the other podcast uh, uh, places where you can listen mm-hmm. to podcasts and, and so it's out there. And then I started one that summer uh, called uh, Small Business Marketing Then and Now, where I speak to small business owners and I want to talk about their journey. Why did they launch their business and how they did it? What they started to do to market the business? what their marketing has evolved into over the course of time and what kind of pivots they've had to do during this period of COVID. So I'm uh, about 40 episodes into that podcast. That's awesome. So in your career journey, what obstacles have you faced? Um, a few. Uh, everyone does at, at, at times. Um, I... At a certain point, when I was working at Chelsea Piers, I they, they started to direct me in a in a more of an operational role, and I really wanted to be focused on marketing. So I left mm-hmm. to go get my MBA in marketing at Fordham University. Um, I wanted to go into sports marketing, so I was working for a minor league baseball team, uh, the Brooklyn Cyclones, and mm-hmm. it was a dream job. Uh, anyone who loves baseball, working in baseball is really yeah, I gotta be real awesome. And I had. Uh, and I had uh, some really amazing experiences with future major leaguers and coaches who were in the major leagues and fans and different, huh? different promotions that I did in the ballpark that worked out very well. 
Uh, unfortunately, you have to make the decision at a certain point if you want a baseball life or a family life because you can't. Oh, yeah. It's rare that you could do both if, uh, if I'm getting to the ballpark at nine and not getting home past midnight on a. On oh, a yeah, no, nah, that ain't going to work. <laughs> so I made decisions for a family life and I had to leave my. Uh, my dream job in, in baseball. And I had a couple of opportunities to, uh, to move to other teams as well at that point. But I, it's, that was the end of, uh, of baseball. And, uh, and then just making decisions along the, the, the way with uh, I had working in local radio was phenomenal. And then we launched a, a website for college football here in the South. So they had me run the marketing for that. And then that was a challenge of really learning a whole new industry and trying to market and ger generate advertising sales for a website that wasn't generating the page views yet that mm -hmm. certain companies wanted to invest in the big dollars in the advertising. So I was able to put different programs together and generate certain revenues. And but uh, but it took, was taking a while, and I had an opportunity to uh, to rebuild a company in Texas. So I I, I walked away at that point. Um, I look back and wonder what if uh, I stayed and what where the where the website would have gone at that point. But uh, life is about making choices and, and learning new things along the way. Now, from your opinion, what is the difference in marketing for sports and just regular businesses? Uh, in truth, when it mm -hmm. comes down to it, the answer is nothing. Okay, but there's a lot of differences. Um, the sports is like there's a few different things. One, you're marketing the team itself, so you're trying to sell tickets and sell uh, and, and sell um, t uh, sponsorships and sell merchandise and sell the players in different ways. There's all these different things you're trying to do to promote life at the ballpark, but also okay. you're using the ballpark as the means to advertise different businesses because you have a captive audience for th three or so hours. And they could be staring at the, the outfield wall, and there's an ad right at their uh, at their line of sight that uh, that really gives them the the means to okay, okay I got to go buy that, and they go out and buy something. Um, there's a lot of different ways to get people's attention in a, the sports arena. We've all seen different types of signage. If you go to minor league baseball, there's all these different types of promotions that use fun and humor to. Um, focus on the sponsor who's paying money for that uh that promotion um also little things too i one of my favorites is uh, because you have small bar ballparks when someone hits a foul ball and the ball goes out of the stadium the sound effects people do a crash sound and, uh, <laughs> okay this, this, this foul ball is brought to you by uh joe's car repair and uh then they can get some business from uh from doing things like that or dirtiest car in the parking lot we take a photo and and uh, bought you by uh, Sam's Car Wash. Um, just oh. it, sports marketing gives you a ton of creativity, uh, creative opportunities to do things, and uh, and something that people enjoy. So it connects goodwill with uh, with the companies that sponsor them. I've been to baseball games and never looked at it like that at a Tigers game. That's that's interesting. It's it's starts with everything. There's an ad on the back of the ticket. Well, maybe now tickets are printed from, and people buy them online. But there's, there are ads in the back of the ticket. And you walk in and you're given a giveaway item with a sponsor logo on it. And you're walking in. There's different types of signage that's going on. 
And in between the innings, there's commercials and other promotions that are, are going on. Every space of, well, if I'm picturing the Tigers games, I know they have, they've done different things with remembering the past on the outfield wall sometimes. Um, yeah, it'd be stuff signage all over the, the ballpark and going to America Park. So already there's a sponsorship for an insurance company that, that uh, is being talked about on TV over and over again. Good evening from Comerica Park. We're here for the Detroit Tiger game versus Cleveland Guardians, now the Guardians. Um, mm -hmm. Sunny day here. This uh, this broadcast is brought to you by uh, your uh, your the local Volvo dealers. All every there's an ad in every single possible space. Huh. I'm, I people are learning a lot from your expertise, sir. Because you go to the game, okay, well, you got tickets to Tigers, Pistons, Lions, whatever. You ain't looking at it from that perspective. You're just there. But you just well, sell everything you can while they're there for that time frame. My biggest problem was the first season I worked in baseball with the Brooklyn Cyclones, and they're the minor league affiliate of the, the New York Mets. I lived in New York. And mm -hmm. I went to a Yankees game, I would say, a week or so after the season. Their season ended beginning of September, so mid-September I went to a Yankees game, and I couldn't sit still because I was, I was always running around the ballpark doing things, and now I'm listening to all the little way things that they're saying and seeing the different things on the scoreboard in a different way. It, uh, it, it, it ruined me in some ways for enjoying baseball games uh, <laughs> any further, but I, I, I learned things from every arena and stadium that I go to that I was able to bring in at that time into the, uh, to the ballpark. I think it was the, uh, I went to a game. I go to, to our Orlando magic game. There was something okay. ball related and they had a fun team in the stands where there were like someone was wearing a helmet with a stick and people were throwing hoops to try to get it on the stick and giving little prizes and people mm -hmm. to temporary tattoos. So the next season I put it in with, uh, with the ballpark and we, we made a lot of more excitement in the stands as the game was going on. Awesome. The best part I like about baseball, I grew up watching Bugs Buddy. He's the boom and hiss. And a ref is always going to give a bad call. I noticed you start doing that, fans start getting to the game more, especially when your team ain't got a good record. But they are trying hard. And they're always giving away shirts and stuff, throwing it to the crowd. But that's fascinating on that perspective you're sharing on how they market everything they can to you while you're there. And they do, and uh, it's all part of it. <clears throat> I actually know two people who've, who've gotten thrown out of games who were the uh, – the, the public address announcers because they commented in some way to the umpires. The umpires didn't like it, so they threw them out of the game. There's an article in Major.com wow. a week or so ago because they're trying to come up with stories left and right because there's nothing to talk about baseball during the lockout. And this was an old story that they reran uh, for the Daytona Tortugas, which is down near me about an hour away. And then I have a friend who is the public address announcer for the Hudson Valley Renegades in the New York area. And he had a run in with the uh, with the umpire, and they uh, so articles were were highlighted re within the last few months on both of them for that from the issue that happened in the past. Wow, I'm still be ready to throw you out quick though. I give them that. Don't take a lot of sass. I was, <laughs> I, was, I was I was on the field before the games, and I would actually talk to the umpires and make relationships with them. So we were able to 
stretch things a little bit more than some of the other teams. That's a good idea. <laughs> I've seen them go up. The manager went in there two seconds, like, man, get out of here. I ain't got time for that. Like, dang. Like, okay. I even what one Detroit story I can connect with you is that I was at a, uh, a baseball convention after the season. And oh, wow. was, I think it was 2003. And okay. the year that Ernie Harwell retired from the Tigers. Oh, that was weird. And so I, and, and he spoke at the convention and then they were having bobbleheads of him and he's, you can go up and get it signed. So I went okay. up and talked to him and I invited him to Brooklyn because his career actually started with the Brooklyn Dodgers. Oh, wow. Uh, the, the Brooklyn Dodgers announcer was her throat had an issue. So they actually traded a minor league player to another minor league team to get uh, Ernie to, uh, to be the, the um, broadcaster for the rest of the season. So I was able from there to start a conversation with him and his agent and got him to Brooklyn the next year. And they brought a crew from uh, the TV, uh, the, the, the sports uh, station. And uh, he was in the ballpark. He spoke. He did, he did uh, broadcasting. He then left and went to where Ebbets Field used to be, where the Brooklyn Dodgers used to play, and did a clip there. And then did a whole presentation of it on uh, Detroit's, uh, I think it was the Fox Sports at that point uh, affiliate. It was a good wow. day. Very good day. Good memory. Nice man. That's pretty awesome. Do you still do the sports marketing as well? Uh, not really. There's things I dabble in. Um, some some consulting here and there with uh, a friend who just took over a team in Staten Island. I've had some conversations with him. I have uh, I have I have some thoughts for the local team here in Jacksonville that we're trying to get on the, uh, the calendar for to uh, to give them some uh, entertainment insight. But we'll see what happens. Okay. Well, um, I have one more question. Sure. What advice do you have for someone trying to find their purpose? It's it's a broad question. You got you gotta find what you love, and figure out what it is you love to do. Because if you can find a job that you love doing, you could do it for a long time and really enjoy it. If you start to hate what you do, it really changes all the dynamics in your life. If you're an entrepreneur and you say, okay, I'm going to start a business, you, you got to do your research. You got to ask questions. You got to learn what it is that, that is out there before just jumping into something. And there are ways to learn how to get the right training to do that in advance to make sure that you don't fall into those pitfalls and know how to market and launch your business. Oh, that's one. Man, it's like I'm back in Mike Ellis School of Business right now. It's pretty awesome. A lot of knowledge you're passing out. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate you. Any final words? Yeah. Uh, just that um, business is hard. Running a business is even harder. And uh, it gets harder every day because um, social media has changed significantly and you, it, it's, you got to find the right message without spending way too much time in the process in, in getting it out there and, and really got to know what, the, um, what you're doing at all times with your business. Um, I've, I 
have a course that I provide to my uh, my clients. I sell it as a, as a general course for people who are entrepreneurs, small business owners who want to start a business and, um, and um, people who are focusing on their side hustles. And uh, I've tweaked it a little bit in January so that I'm actually giving a one hour um, game plan session so that you're really mapping things out of what you need to accomplish with where you're at. And then you're learning all the different aspects. You become a, a small business marketing expert by the time you finish with the course. Uh, if you want to check it out, it's at launchmybizin2022.com. Say that again for anybody listening. Launchmybizin2022.com. B-I-Z. Well, that's some awesome stuff. You're definitely going to give them a lot of information so they know the landscape, what they're trying to do. I truly appreciate all the stuff I've just learned today. Anybody that might want to go into any aspect of marketing, all the vast wisdom you have passed out. I truly appreciate you sharing and doing the podcast today. Well, it's my pleasure. Thank you very much for the invite. Uh, yeah, I've looked at your page, ladies. He might be a good guest to pass some knowledge. Hope you get better as well. Thank you. I'm going to play the outro. Then hang up. Once I get everything set up, I'm going to send you a copy. Excellent. Have a great weekend, and I appreciate you with all this knowledge. All right. Thank you, and thank you all for listening. Can nothing stop me?